Inverse Genius Episode 51, Fortnightly, The Kings of Weird Mageddon. In this episode, Eric and Don are joined by John Manis to talk about all kinds of geeky stuff, including Lady Mechanica, Only Murders in the Building, Nestflix, The Owl House, and Gravity Falls. Hey, do you know you can go over to podpledge.com and search for Inverse Genius and you'll see our Podpledge page. All that money goes to help support the ongoing podcasting costs. We truly appreciate it. Thanks. Welcome to another amazing episode of the Inverse Genius Fortnightly, where uh, people who are enthusiastic about things talk about those things. I'm Donald Dennis. You can find me all over the wilds of the internet as Walsvio. And today I am thrilled to bring on our on-board games originating host and uh, the cool cat of podcasting himself, uh, Mr. Eric Dewey. Hey, I'm sorry. Thank you. Dr. Eric Dewey. Dr. Eric Dewey. <laughs> I don't know that this episode is relevant to my doctoral credits, but yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me on again. Oh, well, no, thank you for being had. Uh, where can they find you? EricDewey.com is a fantastic place to find me. You can find the big book of everything. You can find videos that I've done. You can find all kinds of gaming-related stuff as well. Nice. And another wonderful voice that we have on this show is uh, John Manus of the Swarmcast and of, well, pretty much every other show we've had on the uh, Inverse Genius Media. John. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Hey, John. So, uh, quick, where can you be found? Well, uh, you mentioned Swarmcast, uh, so that's swarmcastpodcast.com. And if you're looking for me at other places, I'm probably being called the Cobalt Dude or just Cobalt Dude. Excellent. All right. All that administrivia and self-aggrandizement out of the way. Have you all had good uh, geek weeks or, or good geek fortnightly? I have. Yes? No? Sure. Yes, sure. <laughs> did, 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 you, did you see Shang-Chi? I did not. Uh, yes, I've, I saw Shang-Chi, and I've been watching What If, so yes. yes. So Excellent. Good geek stuff. <laughs> I'm very excited about all of that, but we're not going to be... I saw Free Guy. Oh, did you? Yes. I did. Oh, cool. I enjoy it. I saw it as well. I have not seen that yet. There was more to it than I expected it to be, so that was nice. Uh, so I enjoyed it a lot, but I had to shut off my the part of my brains that knew anything about the way video games are designed or work or the way technology well, happens. Yeah. <laughs> Once I did that, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, so real quick, uh, we're not going to go into Shang-Chi, but I have to say it was nice to see some actual martial arts in a, in a Disney movie that were, were pretty good. So thumbs up for me on that. Uh, all right, uh, John, uh, you've got something to talk about. Uh, what are you going to tell us about today on the tell and tell? Oh, sure. Uh, well, I was going to start off by making a joke about how um, on one of the previous episodes, there was a food product that you mentioned. And since then, I've consumed 10 pounds of that, but I couldn't think of one. So <laughs> I'm not going to make that joke this time. Um, nice. no, but, this, okay. <laughs> but this time, I'm going to talk about a, uh, a comic book, a set of trades that I have been reading and I'm super excited about because they've just made a big move to um, a bigger production company but this Mm. book but this book is called lady mechanica and it uh, originally was by uh, benitez productions because it's written and drawn by joe benitez who has worked on a lot of stuff for dc and wild storm and a few other places Um, Mm -hmm. lady 
Lady Mechanica was his his self published uh, work that he did for the longest time, and just recently uh, they got picked up by Image Comics, and he's he said he's super excited about that because that means he gets to spend less time having to worry about the production side of it and more time uh, worrying about the getting the the book out there. So we'll be so before you, we might have to wait a month or a year for another trade to come out. And now we're going to see it come out with more regularity because it's going to be coming out from image comics. Nice. It looks really steampunky. Yes, it is a steampunk comic. The main character goes by the name of lady mechanica and her whole deal is she awoke one, one day in an asylum to, and found that her arms and legs and you find out later her eyes as well have been replaced with uh, mechanical parts and she has amnesia. She does no idea anything about her past or how she came to have these mechanical parts. So the story mm-hmm. then, the story then mostly picks up after she's established a career as an adventurer and an investigator. And she is uh, working her way through Victorian society and she's solving all sorts of strange uh, mysteries and such that the cops either can't handle or just won't handle. So there's a lot of, of neat intrigue. It's if, if you're into steampunk, you'll really be into this because it is very, very, very steampunk. And the art is fantastic. Nice. Yeah, it does look pretty sharp. You said it's going to start coming out maybe monthly from Image. Uh, yes, beginning in December, it's going to start coming out from Image Comics. Now, the original six, um, it's more like seven volumes of the comic are not going to be reprinted by Image. Image mm-hmm. did Image did just a few weeks back uh, reprint volume one of the trades, and that gave Joe Benitez a chance to kind of revise some of it and uh, sharpen up a lot of the lettering in it because it was his, you know, his first outing. But he said that he's not going to reprint out the other volumes, but they're not going to ignore the other volumes. So when it comes out an image, it's not going to be a reboot. So if so, mm-hmm. you can still go out there and get the other volumes and read it. It's it's, but it's going to be a good jumping on point because he's going to start it off with image. He's going to start off with the sort of uh, a bit of the unraveling of of her mysterious origin. So does that mean that the other ones will not be available at all or that they'll still be available for him or they're available digitally? They should still be available both digitally and like I said, volume one, you'll be able to get through image comics. Uh, The other volumes, because he's not doing away with his production company. So you should still be able to get the other volumes from him. But like I said, they're all going to, they're all already available digitally. So that's not going to go away anytime soon. Nice. And that's so when they're digital, how do you how do you read them? Do you is it like a, a PDF kind of thing, or is it like a comic book reader? Uh, well, I don't have any of of his digital stuff, but from my experience, it's either a PDF or it's a specific comic book digital reader of some sort. Because a lot of times yeah. with the digi- okay. with the digital stuff, when they translate it from print to digital, they they do it in such a way that when you swipe on the um, on your digital device, you're actually going to go panel by panel instead of page by page, and so they have to oh. kind of program it in so that it flows a certain way. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty neat in that respect. It is available on Kindle, so 
you can get it through the Kindle app. Yes. A lot of my, a lot of the trades I was able to get through Amazon in particular, if you're into uh, physical print or you can go through your friendly local comic book shop, which I highly suggest. There are hard covers and paperbacks. Oh yes. The first, the first volume itself has been reprinted um, many times in many different types of editions. Uh, the, mm-hmm. he's won, he's won a lot of awards for the first, well, for, probably for all of them, but for many of them from different steampunk conventions and such. Right. Uh, yeah. So one, and one of the, one of the volumes is, is a story called La Dame de la Muerte, which is yes. his take on like, the Lady Mechanica is actually in North America, in particular in Mexico, and so it deals with the Day of the Dead. There's a and there's part of that's just because he's done so much um, artwork of Lady Mechanica with the Day of the Dead makeup and costuming on. So eventually, he was like, "Well, I'm I might as well do a special edition comic for that." So a lot of times for free comic book day, when you get the Lady Mechanica free comic book, which has come out. Oh gosh, um, many many years now. There's lots of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Usually, when you get it, it has a backup story, which is the the first part of that La Dama de la Muerte. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty neat. And if you look at the names of the the series titles, you've got yeah, the Mystery of the Mechanical Corpse, uh-huh. the Tablet of Destinies, Clockwork right. Assassin, all kinds of. Uh, it feels like yeah, the adventures span far and wide. Yes, this is definitely a good adventure and intrigue uh, type of type of book. It, it really brings back a lot of that turn of the century, uh, hard boiled adventure type of genre feel to it. Nice. Now, what else has that uh, has Joe Benitez done? I guess he did some stuff with Titans, but what else did he do? Oh gosh, uh, he did a lot of stuff with Top Cal Comics early on. Oh, um, cool. You know what? I just so folks you, might have an idea where they can find him. Okay. Well, until you asked me, Donald, I could have told you a lot of the stuff he had worked on, but since you asked mm. me, my mind has gone completely blank. So there's that. Top Cow's good. It looks like <laughs> the bulk of his stuff was Top Cow or DC. So right. Hooray. And and one of his big things was he was excited going to Image Comics because so many people from Top Cow are at Image Comics right now. So, so he is he? So, uh huh. It's got him as an artist, but is he also the writer for Lady? Yes, Mechanica? he is the. Yep, he is the main writer and artist on the series. Nice. So go and get that at your local comic book shop. If you do not have a local comic book shop that you want to support, uh, check out the show notes for links. Yep, and one one last little thing, the mm-hmm. uh, the new series that's coming out from Image currently on Kickstarter. He has up these, a special edition for the first issue of uh, The Monster of the Ministry of Hell, which is the, the book that's coming out in December. And mm-hmm. I, was just glance, I was just glancing at it. And if you're an old school image comics, uh, I don't want to say fan, but person like me, you'll get a kick out of it because some of the stretch goals and some of the th- alternate covers he has are tributes to like Youngblood number one, Cyberforce number one. Spawn number one, all of those old, like early days of image comic number ones. He's got a lady mechanica cover 
that he's done in the style of that artist to look like that cover, but with the Lady Mechanica characters. Oh, was there anything else we need to know about the Kickstarter? This will be out before it's over. The Kickstarter is going on right now. So go check it out. I think it just started up. It just started up uh, mere hours um, ago as of this recording. Mm-hmm. And the, the annoying thing is, is that I've got this huge book backlog already. And every time you come onto the show, I'm like, <laughs> ooh, this is something I need to check out. <laughs> Speaking of something else I need to check out. Hey, Eric, what do you want to share with us? So uh, Hulu has started a new show. It's been on for about four weeks now called uh, Only Murders in the Building. And this is a mystery comedy show with Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. And uh, the basic premise is that they are all three fans of this true crime pro- this true crime prod- podcast. I can't <laughs> say it. Um which coincidentally is all about a murder that happens in Oklahoma. But uh, Mm. that sort of brings these three people together. They all live in the same building in uh, New York and someone is murdered. And so they decide they're going to have their own true crime podcast to try and solve this murder. And of course you also have to learn about their backstories and the stories of other people in the building. And uh, there's a lot of fun with the uh, gender different, not gender, but the, uh, generational differences between Selena Gomez and Martin Short and Steve Martin. So uh, really have enjoyed this show so far. It's going out weekly on Tuesday. In fact, after we record this, I'm going to watch the latest episode, (laughs) Uh, but it is sharply written. I'm really curious to see where it goes. We're about halfway through Uh, or no, I think there's only five episodes maybe uh, Hmm. in the first, in the first season. So we're almost done here. We have two more episodes, I believe. Does it feel like it's actually going to wrap up and you're going to get this solved? Or does it feel like, hey, this is going to go on and on and on for seasons? I have no idea. There's quite a few dangling mysteries going on here. Uh, You know, each of the characters has history that you kind of are learning slowly. Uh, Selena Gomez is the latest, is the last of the history to really learn. So I feel it will resolve, but I also feel it'll be open-ended enough to do it again. Or the building's big enough they could have had a, other murders at some point. Um, <laughs> hmm. But uh, Steve Martin uh, does an amazing job. His character, he was a famous uh, TV detective, like in the 80s. And it was kind of his only real claim to fame, but he was real famous for a while. Uh, and so he's sort of struggling with wanting to continue to be famous and not. Uh, there's some question over how sincere some of the things he says are, since they're often lines from his show. <laughs> uh, Martin Short's uh, a stage director. He had directed many different plays. He's been kind of struggling as of late to um, get a big hit again after he had a few flops. And he's very, you know, very dramatic. And he's the one that's kind of leading, let's do the podcast. And he's always directing. And, and he and Steve Martin just always play off of each other pretty well anyway. And then they, uh, they Selena do. Gomez, they do. They do a great job. And then Selena Gomez just plays this uh, person who happens to be living in the building. Uh, her aunt, I think, owns an apartment in there and she's renovating it. Um, but, you know, she's the one that has uh, slight mysterious ties uh, to other people in the building because she sort of essentially grew up in this building. But then along the way, you meet other people. 
and, and there's just you know, that are in the building, but it's just, it's really sharply written, especially a lot of the generational stuff. Like there's a funny joke about Steve Martin wanting to contact Selena Gomez. And he's like, Oh, I don't, I don't think I should call. Calling seems to annoy them. <laughs> and so they're trying to decide how to text <laughs> and, and how we should, how we should write it. And then he signs his, you know, sincerely in his character's name. And she's like, I know it's you, you don't have to sign it. <laughs> and, and Martin Short has mm-hmm. a similar thing. So. I, I have been really impressed with how solid the show is and I'm am, am really looking forward to seeing where it goes. Nice. So only murders in the building. Does that refer to they're only talking about murders in the building or is it the podcast they normally listen to? Where did the title come from? That is their podcast. So their, their sort of niche is huh. that they're only going to do true crime about murders in the building that they live in. The in the building. Which, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> So, have, have there been others previously? Um, not that we inherently know of. However, well, actually, there, there's a hint that there might have been another one huh. in mm. the building. But clearly, at this point, they're focused on the one murder that happened. What's the name of the podcast that they listen to? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not, everything is not okay in Oklahoma. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> and Tina Fey plays the... Uh, it, you know, it's one of those NPR super popular type oh, uh, things. And so she, she's playing the part, they come to her for some advice and just, she plays the person that did that. Oh, and sting is in this too. He, he appears a couple of times cause he lives in the building. And so that brings up some funny stuff as well. Hmm. So from a, uh, podcaster perspective, uh, how does the, the, them going about doing the podcast part of that, Feel. Does that ring true, or does it se- or does it seem kind of kind of made up, like in the movie uh, Tusk? So you know, that's a great that's a great question. I will say that right off the bat, they end up getting like a thirty four thousand dollars sponsorship. So right there, wow. it's not realistic at all. Wow. <laughs> but um, um, so you know, this, having done podcasting for you know dozen plus years, yep. <laughs> far too long. It's interesting because. You know, there's the way that we do it, sort of the gorilla way, I would say. <laughs> and then you end up with the big, the big heavyweights, like all the NPR shows, right? That are full blown, you know, radio studio, whatnot uh, productions. And so clearly that's the direction they're trying to head. And so, um, you know, they'll, they'll show scenes like Steve Martin in the, in the bathroom, Martin Short's bathroom with the microphone because it's got better acoustics, you know, and, and uh, he's reading the, the words apparently that Martin Short's created. Martin Short's like, no, I need you to enunciate this word instead, you know, murders instead of building. And so he just does it like multiple takes. Um, they never show anybody editing, which obviously right. is where it really happens. But so, uh, so they make nods to it, um, but it's not something that they seem to have to, well, and, and quite frankly, Steve Martin and Martin Short and Selena Gomez don't all have day jobs as well. So they can essentially do this at any time, oh, wow. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So nobody's, nobody's monkeying around with audacity or, or, or making sure they've got the right mic. Per se. They do, per se. They do spend, <laughs> yeah, they do spend time with mics for a little bit and uh, equipment and whatnot. Um, but yeah, so they, they, they make enough of a nod of it to kind of keep going. Really the fun is these people trying to investigate a murder um, when they have some skills, but mostly, you know, it'd be just like average people are just trying to figure things out. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Well, that's cool. 
yeah, watch the first episode on Hulu, and if you enjoy that, then you'll know you want to watch the rest. If for some reason it doesn't click for you, then you know, save yourself the other. I think you're between 30 and 45 minutes long, so it's not a huge time commitment. It feels like there's more and more on Hulu that I might actually be interested in. Oh, Hulu is unfortunate. I don't want to subscribe to another service. Yeah. <laughs> don't want to subscribe to another service. And quite frankly, I don't need more things to watch. <laughs> the whole <laughs> Taskmaster thing has sent me down such an incredible rabbit hole on between YouTube and, and Netflix. I'm like, oh, James mm-hmm. Acaster. I saw him on on uh, Taskmaster and he always got a Netflix special. Let me watch that. Oh, here's a Greg Davies show. You know, so and I just my to watch list mm-hmm. keeps getting longer mm-hmm. with every season. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Well, cool. Uh, yeah, there's always way too much stuff to watch, and we're happy to bring more to our listeners so that they can. But again, yep. it's like a 30, 45 minute show. So that, that, that helps us slip it into our uh, time frame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but if you, if you do a look, uh, search for Everything is Not Okay in Oklahoma, it's a, <laughs> it was like a punk rock festival. Uh, or something. Oh, really? So, <laughs> huh. I guess I, did, I didn't put in the word podcast, and let's see if they if they actually did anything with it. And the reason why I'm looking it up is there's this thing called Netflix. Have you all heard of it? Oh, is this where they talk about like it's the movies inside of movies? Yes, it looks like it is a Netflix huh. clone, except for uh, you're scrolling through and it has High Castle Abbey, um, Star oh, Trek. Yes. What, what are some of the Forrest Gump to Gump again? You know, oh, all of nice. <laughs> anything that has appeared in another TV show or movie, uh, Ooh. you know, is got a, a, a placard there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the, the John Ritter movie? Stay tuned where oh. Satan gives him a remote control. Yeah. And he, yes. And so they, they had tons like driving over miss Daisy uh-huh. and, uh, <laughs> and stuff like that. Well, let me check real quick and see if that's on here. <laughs> so let's see. I bet it is driving yeah. over and we'll just search that and see what happens. Uh, oh, nope, it doesn't have it. All right. Yeah. It's got a whole bunch, though. Uh, I wonder how much they've had to take off because people say, hey, you can't have pictures of our stuff up there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's got itchy and scratchy stuff and whatever. <laughs> I, I don't think that any of them collect to actual videos, but they tell you where they came out of, you know. So like, here's a here's question. A what a, mm. So for the last action hero, the Schwarzenegger movie, you know, oh, yeah, the whole thing yeah. was that the movie sort of came to real life. I can't remember the name of the movie inside there, but I was wondering if that was in that one. Hmm. That'd be a perfect example of a Nestflix. It would be. It would be. Uh, but anyway, so it's hilarious. Check it out. That's Nestflix. Uh, but that's not what I'm talking about today. <laughs> I'm going to talk about something else. Okay. So speaking of uh, streaming stuff and TV shows that we don't have enough time to watch, what are you? Yes. What are you going to talk about today, Donald? I'm going to talk about Owl House. And then the thing that we're going to talk about is our group chat. There are a bunch of owls in that too. But So Owl House is a Disney <laughs> series that apparently caused some controversy amongst uh, some folks because it's an ages seven and up TV show, I think, uh, family, family friendly. And the main character is this super creative uh, kid, and she is basically being sent to go be boring camp and learn how to balance your checkbook and, uh, and that kind of stuff. And, uh, and instead of going to that camp, she gets sucked into an alternate realm where there's witches and demons and all that stuff. And uh, there she decides to stay and become a witch herself. 
and there's a cast of entertaining characters and, 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 and demons, uh, demons in this case are not necessarily giant blood sucking fiends, although some of them try to be, or would like to be, they are instead just things that are different than us more like, um, Hey, they are from another dimension as opposed to, uh, they're a thing you're going to summon up and, uh, and sacrifice your friends to. So anyway, this is Owl House. And uh, yeah, the main character is uh, Luz. And then there is uh, the, uh, the witch, the, the, the owl witch, and King, who is the king of all demons, or a puppy dog <laughs> with a skull on its head. We're not exactly sure which. And then the owl house itself is the single most annoying character <laughs> I have ever encountered in any animation ever. Though in season two, they do try and re- uh, you know redeem it a little bit. But um, didn't you tell me a story about the source of the Owl House, John? Uh, the voice, the source of the voice. Um, S- someone mentioned that they were trying to uh, to do the most annoying Mickey Mouse impersonation ever. <laughs> and and that, that is what, maybe it wasn't you, but uh, yeah. That wasn't that, me, that, but I like that story. Yeah, Hootie, Hootie the house is a, is a hoot. Hootie the house, yes. Hootie's like, Hootie's like the most annoying NPC that your GM will throw at you in a game. And it, right. he'll, just, he'll just keep showing up. It's like, you all aren't doing anything, so Hootie is going to make stuff happen. Right. It's, it's a lot of fun. There's cool relationships that develop over the course of the show. There's a, uh, a romance that is, it is adorable in a very, gosh, is this other person going to like me sort of way. Um, and uh, I, I just, I cannot recommend it highly enough. It is very funny. The animation is rich and lavish. Uh, the visuals are shocking and, and just all over the place. So how many seasons is it? Yeah, how many seasons? That's a good question. Um, currently, uh, there's two and a half seasons. There will be a short third season, and maybe they will be longer episodes. We don't know. Uh, but um, yeah, it was. there's been protesting against this show, which is reason enough to watch it, I think. Uh, is to uh, the people huh. who protest it. You should go and watch it just to make them sad. Um, and what are they protesting it about? Oh, yeah. because it's teaching kids about uh, witchcraft and demons and um, non-binary relationships and Ow. Ow. Um, what else? Um, magic? Yeah, there you go. Well, if you're complaining um, about this show for teaching you magic and stuff like that, then you probably hate the Harry Potter stuff too. So already, yeah, exactly. Right. Sounds sounds like the same group of people. Yeah, and as far as the non-binary relationships and stuff, that's you sh- just get over that. You you shouldn't be mad about that. There you go. It's it's fun. There's a lot of myth making, and the hilarious thing is is that. Eric has heard, well, both of you have heard me talk previously about the role-playing game that I've, uh, I've done in the dungeon world and mm-hmm. the world that this is set in could have almost been, you know, a lot of the serial numbers could be filed off and dumped straight into my <laughs> dungeon world campaign. So oh, that's awesome. <laughs> this does seem like, like probably the most fun, uh, role-playing game setting to play in. Oh yes. So one of the interesting things is that the magic system uh, societally speaking, um, well, before that is that they are also trying to repress creativity and people who are sort of out of bounds. And there is a magic system that is trying to be enforced from on high to say, you have to pick one kind of magic and that's the kind of magic you're good at. And so that's what Eva, the owl lady 
has sort of rebelled against that she's not, you know, she wants to do all the magics because she's the greatest witch in the Demon Isles. And that that's one of the big things of conflict. And so it sort of reflects the conflict that Luz had when she came to this world uh, because she didn't want to go and be boring or when she decided to stay here, rather. Uh, and so there's a whole lot of, you know, embrace your inner weirdness, uh, you know, do what you can with what you got sort of stuff, as opposed to necessarily conforming to everything that uh, that is thrown at you. Uh, you know, but it doesn't excuse slacking off, though. So that's also good. <laughs> that's super cool. That's it. Sounds good. And if for nothing else, you should watch it for King, because King is the best character. King is pretty amazing. <laughs> they do they do a lot of the stuff that I like, which is converting uh, some of the bad guys become not bad guys. Oh, cool. Which is one of the things that I like. It's like, oh, I hate this character. Oh, maybe that character is not so bad. Uh, not in the way that we were talking about Hootie. Um, you're, you're always <laughs> going to kind of be annoyed by Hootie or you're going to love it. It's that kind of character. So one of the reasons why I'm covering Owl House now is because the guy who does the voice of King and several of the other characters has the tie to what we're going to be talking to as our great big group topic today. And Eric, why don't you introduce our great big group topic today? Alrighty. So 2015-ish, I think, mm. there was a new series on Disney. I think it might have been Disney XD. Uh, 2012. 2012 goes on on Disney. This little cartoon called Gravity Falls. And it's about these brother and sister that are twins. And they're supposed to spend the summer with their great uncle or grunkle mm-hmm. uh, in Gravity Falls, Oregon. Yes. Uh, and it's just a little town in Oregon, but it happens to have a, seems to have a large number of paranormal incidents and supernatural creatures that they have to kind of deal with. And real early on, Dipper, who's the boy, just as an aside, voiced by Jason Ritter, son of John Ritter, who we mentioned briefly. Nice. (laughs) It all comes Um, back around. Oh, before we get too deep, we're going to give an overview of Gravity Falls, and then we'll warn people before we get into talking spoilers. So, there you go. Well, the big crux of it is, is Dipper finds a journal Mm. that kind of lists all of what's going on, all the weird stuff that they encounter in Gravity Falls. And each episode, they end up encountering something else that's weird. And as the show goes on, you start to realize there's, there's something going on underneath. And in fact we can talk about this later, the show constantly helps you try and figure out what's going Mm -hmm, on. mm -hmm. Um, And then it just gets to bigger and bigger and bigger. And what was really great about it is that it was designed at two seasons. They wrote two seasons. It's a full story and then they're done. So uh, there was some foreshadowing and and some great stuff in there, but the characters are hilarious and entertaining as all get out. Oh, I should mention his twin sister. Mabel is voiced by the always enjoyable Kristen Schaal, like from Bob's burgers. Yes. (laughs) And if you've ever seen her stand up, you realize that she is pretty much Mabel persona. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Well, and I have to say is at the beginning of the series, when you start watching, you're like, okay, this character is going to become unbearable and it doesn't happen. Not necessarily that one, but you're going to see a character in, in it. It might be her, it might be Seuss. It might be whatever it is where you go. One of these characters is going to be basically Hootie, but none of that happens. All the characters, (laughs) all the characters in the show are with the possible exception of Gideon are, are incredibly, are incredibly fun to watch when they come on screen. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, and, and a lot of the characters evolve in a way that you don't see. Like for instance, Robbie, the, the moody emo goth teen who in, is yeah. in, in essence dippers main rival for the affection of Wendy. 
and, and then later on, you know, he keeps showing up and he, he gets to have more of a character. You get to see more of the reason why he's so uh, moody and right. and eventually he sort of joins the good side. Well, and, and, and let's, not, yeah, let's throw uh, some let's throw some spoiler warnings up up at here in a second. But is there anything else cool that you want to say? Hey, if you haven't seen this series, this is why you want to jump in. And then we can start talking spoiler because I just finished watching it after I watched <laughs> Owl House. Oh, and wow. I've gotten some questions. For me, the greatest thing about this show is that it was, is funny on multiple levels. You know, I'm a huge Looney Tunes fan. And what I always loved about Looney Tunes is it's funny for the kids. It's funny for the adults. And it's like that here. And, and it's not even kid and adult, but it's like nerdy and non-nerdy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a D&D episode yes. that cracks my wife up all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. That one was great. Yes. There's a, there's a line at the end of it where they ask... If this guy, if Grunkle Stan wants to play, you know, D&D and he's like, it's too nerdy for me, but it's just the right amount of nerdy for you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I've heard that line uttered by my wife to me in regards to various board games and stuff. Absolutely. (laughs) Hey, you're interested in this? (laughs) So that's, that's to me is the key, key that, and the relationships behind it between everybody. It's really a story about family. Right. And all of their relationships are, are, you know, they go through ups and downs, but they always come together and it's, it's a great show. How about you, John? What is it that you've got to say? Watch gravity falls because. Okay. Well, if you like shows that are just weird and have a very intriguing through line that ties things together, if you really wanted to get into twin peaks, but that was way too bizarre for you, then you should totally check out or too slow or too slow. Then you should check out gravity falls, which is a better version of twin peaks. Oh, I like old words. I agree with them. Shots fired, but hey. <laughs> both both up in the Pacific no- Northwest, uh-huh. uh, and uh, you know, et cetera. Yeah, uh, I see. I see the the thing, and you've got the agents coming into town. Um, I would say that the voice acting on the series is phenomenal. Oh, um, the yeah. same th- yes. with Owl House, but th- this in particular, you get uh, cameos and recurring cameos from a, a wide variety of people that you'll recognize from like did you uh did you encounter nathan fillion from firefly yep yeah I was, that's that's where i was heading yep. uh, <laughs> oh sorry <laughs> and so no that's all right i've stepped on your lines enough this time you 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 earned that you earned it but so yeah i would say that that it's certainly worth that worthy of that the animation once again uh, they did a great job with that and the other is that there is this mystery that is woven into pretty much everything and if you are paying attention like eric said that you're going to be clued into oh what's this what is that what is what do those numbers mean mm-hmm. etc cetera, etc cetera. and and you can dig deeper now because it, the series had completely run its course and i was trying to get it watched in time for today's episode i did not bother with any of the puzzling of anything out uh, but uh, if you're going to be taking your time maybe you should and we'll find out here in a second But I think it's now time to cut directly to spoiler warnings. Yep. If you must. Should have a... It's time for spoilers. Have a spoiler bumper, yeah. Woot, woot, Uh, spoilers. We we don't. (laughs) We got spoilers. We got spoilers. We got lots and lots of spoilers. There's a spoiler on the back of my car. I don't know. Mm. (laughs) Right. So, all right. So, what happened? What happened in this show? Well, ultimately... There's another dimensional being named Bill Cipher who is trying to get into our world to take it over mm-hmm. and control everything. 
Absolutely. And so that was a part of what was causing the weirdness that in the spaceship that was causing all the weirdness around Gravity Falls. Yeah. Uh, that was part of it. Yeah. yeah. I think Gravity Falls is just a nexus anyway. Right. Right. I think Oregon, Oregon in general is just a nexus for weirdness. So <laughs> nexus. Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> the, the most disturbing thing about the entire series was Seuss's teeth. <laughs> he looked like a, you know that he used to be a mole person or something, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm pretty exactly. sure he's, he isn't, he wasn't he related to the naked mole rat from Kim possible. <laughs> it's possible because he, it is I mean, possible. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to say, okay. So one of my favorite Seuss <laughs> episodes was when he gets the uh, dating app yes. to, uh, or the dating <laughs> Japanese dating game oh. to kind of learn how to date girls. Oh, and gosh. it becomes sentient. And I mean, that whole episode is full of great stuff, but my personal favorite, her name was Giffany. I was like, or it's Giffany. I was never quite sure. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was yes. dying at that one. Oh, that was so great. <laughs> it made me laugh and become outraged all at the same time. So <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. I think around the same time I had uh, been watching a lot of Archer. And, and so, you know, Krieger's girlfriend is a simulated uh, Japanese. Right. A waifu. Holo- hologram. A waifu hologram. Yeah. Yep. So that was kind of a funny uh, at that time. Oh, gosh. I mean, okay. The, the gnomes. Yes. Oh, gosh. You know. the Maybe lack. <laughs> if we, if you watch it and the gnomes don't immediately sell you on the show, I don't know what does. Indeed. And that's on the first episode, too. Right. So right. <laughs> immediately. It is. And I will say, once again, things keep coming back. Yes. I mean, the gnomes come back. A lot of the creatures come back. It's never it's never a X-Files monster mm-hmm. of the week, typically. And by the time you get to those last, what, three or four episodes, what, the, the weird world stuff? Weird-mageddon. Weird-mageddon, yeah. Weird-mageddon. And if you're if you're a gamer geek or just a geek in general, you're probably looking at that ep- those episodes going, that's uh, I'm pretty sure that's a version of Cthulhu or something like that right there. There's a few things like that. My thoughts were, though, is that it ended after only two seasons, but it felt like it was supposed to run maybe for three seasons because they completely just started ignoring the alternate storylines and they just dove like, Oh, we need to put all this stuff in, but I don't think it was hurt for that. I think it, you know, they had whatever it was, they had enough time to make their decisions and, and to do mm-hmm. it. And I don't know necessarily that a, another full season would have helped the show at all. Hmm. Uh, I think it just would have been a delay to get to the end. Yeah. Personally, but yeah, we would have gotten a lot of just kind of random filler episodes, I think. Right. Well, yeah, I was going to say, Early on in the episode, this is something else that it did a lot of fun with. They had Summerween, which was a Halloween episode. But again, the story yes. is these kids are spending their summer break up here in Oregon. <laughs> and so how can we get them to go trick-or-treating? Oh, we make a, 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 a thing where it's Summerween, where it's like Halloween, except we decorate uh, uh, watermelons instead of pumpkins, oh my gosh. et cetera, et cetera. And they encounter a creature. And this was this one really surprised me because it was uh, it was pretty horrific not horrifying, but it was pretty scary and intense for what goes on, especially, especially at the end, you know, when, when the monster gets defeated and juxtaposed with that is this kind of recurring theme of Dipper trying to grow up, you know, he's 12, he wants to be mm-hmm. older and he doesn't, he wants to be cool, but he still is, is buddies with his twin sister and how are they going to kind of work with that? And that was to me, the episode that completely sold me on the show. 
Uh, right. Okay. And at the very end when the kid's like, I've been traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, I really feel for Dipper, you know, having a crush on a girl that you, that you don't, you couldn't tell her about it and all that stuff. I mean, I went through all that when I was back in that age. So I feel for the kid. So I, I have a lot of uh, different friends who, if they could make Summerween a thing, they totally would. <laughs> and uh, I would, if, if, if that happens, I will back whoever makes that happen up 100%. I, w- I will go and carve a watermelon Jack Lantern, no problem. <laughs> I, uh, my wife and I did actually dress up for Halloween as Dipper and Mabel. Uh, she even <laughs> created a, a sweater that has blinking lights that say Mabel. <laughs> nice. I created my own journal i had found someone had created pages from scanned from the tv show <laughs> and so i printed them all out i learned how to bind them i you know got dyed them so and created a leather cover and i mean the whole nine yards uh so oh and then she took a uh, little plastic trick-or-treat pumpkin painted it pink and made it into waddles nice <laughs> nice so. nice very cool so that you know that is the one problem i had with the entire show is that they're in middle summer and everybody's well, especially Mabel is wearing sweaters all the time. <laughs> well, well, that's, that's it's, yes, it's, it's Oregon. It's Oregon. Yeah, I'm sorry. The Mermondo episode tells you just how warm Oregon was that time of year, <laughs> and and Mermondo was an amazing, amazing side plot. That was a great episode mm-hmm. um, where she had to free the merman. It was. It was indeed. <laughs> so many characters they could make action figures from, you know, or, or whatever. <laughs> so, so what interesting, we've already mentioned uh, Nathan Fillion showing up. What other interesting voice actors showed up that you thought was kind of neat? Because for me, having uh, Justin Roiland show up as the time traveler was, was a bit of a kind of a yes. funny moment. Because <laughs> right. apparently that, that is what prompted him to create the Mr. Meeseeks voice. Really? Yes. Huh. Well, I don't know. I mean, of course, the guy who plays the goth, the goth kid. Uh-huh. Um, oh gosh, he's oh, everywhere. T.J. Miller does that. Yeah, yeah he, and everywhere. you know Nick TJ? Offerman. Oh, that was T.J. Miller. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Offerman from uh, one of the, one of the agents. Oh yeah. Yes, that yes. The, the the first season or the first episode of the second season was so great. You know, Dipper is trying to get these government agents to believe in all the weird stuff. So he accidentally summons a zombie outbreak. Right. Mm. Right. And they end up defeating it by doing a perfect three part harmony and karaoke with a song <laughs> from an artist called Amper Sandra, mm-hmm. which they didn't do. <laughs> Loved it. They didn't do perfect three part harmony, but it yeah. just got, yeah, that's true. They, they, that's fine. But it just, it kept just building and building. Right. I mean, it's like, Oh, we're going to do karaoke and we're naming ourselves love patrol alpha. And the song <laughs> is by Amper Sandra and they have, to sing about how they like boys you know they're looking at this cute boy and stuff mm. yeah it just built and built and built uh loved it uh, i think the most surprising one was neil degrasse tyson oh, oh as the pig as waddles, as waddles. super intelligent waddles. Waddles. yeah <laughs> yeah i can see that um there's a lot of people like like dietrich bader was in there of course larry king played larry king right right uh, the wax larry king i should say Lance Bass was one of the several times. He was the band members for several times. You know, he yes. was in sync or whatever. Mark Hamill? He played the mysterious old man in one of them. Did he? I know I know J.K. Simmons was in there. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, he, was, uh, he was the Ford's brother. That's right. 
since we're doing spoilers, we can say, I was going to say, don't give it away, but yeah, we're past that point. We can give it away. Um, yep. And so, yeah, all mm-hmm. kinds of folks. And of course, oh, I forgot the, the ultimate cameo, Weird Al Yankovic as Probilator. Again, that was the D&D episode, and that's sort of the, the evil oh, villain in it. That and, episode. Yeah. Uh, who here did not crack up when he was going through the, the edition history of Dungeons, Dungeons, and more Dungeons? Mm-hmm. And they had like the <laughs> 90s where they tried to make it hip, and you're just oh, like, yes. oh, that's so funny. And <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. Oh, man. That episode alone. Yeah. Okay. Yep. In fact, I don't think Connie saw that one. I may have to show it to her uh, because. <laughs> ah, she should get about it. Huh. Yeah. Centaur Tar. Centaur Tar. <laughs> All right. So who, so who do you think your favorite character was in Gravity Falls? Ooh. Uh, Mabel, hands down. Huh. Okay. M- Mabel's pretty amazing. I don't know, John, how, how about you? I'd have to follow up with Seuss. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm. Mabel or Seuss. I was going to say, I, mine's kind of a toss up because it's either uh, Bill Cipher. Cause I'm secretly Bill uh, Cipher yeah, yeah. or it's, well. or it's uh or it's Seuss. Cause I'm secretly Seuss. <laughs> hmm. I mean, <laughs> I'm thinking Grunkle Stan or Wendy. Wendy was hyper competent in this. Right? <laughs> but remember what there was the one uh, part of the episode where she was having to tell the truth. I think it was during we're Mageddon where she's like, you know, I try to be re- really oh, cool yeah. all the time but i'm really freaking out inside all the time yeah. that wasn't her though that that was oh, oh. that was an that was oh the imposter yeah. that was, the that imposter. was that's right because that was that was when he was in mabel's bubble yes yeah. oh that was mabel's bubble was amazing yeah that was a great episode but speaking of the weird mageddon <laughs> stuff there's a scene where um wendy and dipper are, are driving through all the different bubbles I think it is. Mm-hmm. And, and, oh, and, yeah. and there's one, they drive through it and both the characters are replaced by the live action voice actors for those two characters. That was great. It's like, it's like, yeah, it's like less than a minute, but it's, it's, it was great. Oh, it was maybe, maybe 15 seconds of, right. of them, right. them having actual screen time. I was like, is that the voice actors? That has to be the voice actors. And then I never went and checked. Yes. yes. <laughs> Do we need to talk about the, the sheriffs at all? Or the uh, the law enforcement at all? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I think I'm good. You know, uh, I will uh, say that uh, they took hmm. essentially <laughs> one sided characters, and you still made you care a little bit about them, especially yeah. in the end. Yes, I was going to say so many of those recurring townsfolk they just they just stick with you. Like, there's times when we'll be listening to radio, and I'll hear some stupid news, and I'll just go Kito Kito, <laughs> or it's Toby. Yes. Oh no. <laughs> oh gosh. So. Oh, this is the one thing I did want to mention real quick. And since we're completely spoiled, of course, at the end of every episode, you see that <laughs> yes. wheel with Bill Cipher in the middle and all the symbols around it. And mm-hmm. then, you know, throughout watching the show, you're starting to put, oh, this is, you know, Pine Tree is Dipper and whatnot. The thing that I thought was amazing about this show was at the end when they're using that to defeat Bill mm-hmm. and they fail. Yes. <laughs> like this whole thing that was building up ultimately didn't work. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I, I was like, I was shocked because I was ready for, you know, cause they're having their moment and everyone's coming together and even, you know, old enemies or friends again to defeat bill. And then, you know, Dipper and Mabel fight and, Oh no, I'm sorry. It was Grunkle Stan. And uh, anyway, they fight and blow everything. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I was just, I was like, and now what? <laughs> I thought that was amazing. Right. And that, that feels a lot like, uh, you know, I know this isn't the gaming podcast, but, you know, you've got the players doing that one thing and then they fumble their role 
And you're like, well, <laughs> is the GM, this is what I had planned as the ending. What do we do next? I hope you players have a good idea because I'm all out. <laughs> <laughs> We're done here. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I love the show. I've watched it completely twice. And uh, periodically, so, they've been showing gl- uh, chunks of them on Disney XD. So I'll watch them in- often. Nice. Well, and they're all just all on Disney right now um, on the right. Disney yep. Plus. Yep. And, and I would say that the other thing is that we haven't mentioned is they have a bunch of shorts, which are oh, yeah, this, yeah. these are skits yeah. that were not enough to fill out an entire episode, but are some of the funniest things in the entire series for, you know, for the 30 seconds or minute and a half or two minutes or whatever they are. Um, and it's like, you've got a batch of them that are, you know, Dipper running around trying to do his, you know, investigation things. You have Mabel on makeup or petting zoo day <laughs> or whatever it is and, and so forth and so on. And it is just hilarious. And then by the time you get to Seuss's uh, shorts, <laughs> you're like, Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> and, and I really wish actually that more shows did that kind of stuff. It's like, Oh, you know, we, we want, this didn't need to be in the series in the, in the episode. It was too, too much of a thing, but you could punch it up and make a little short uh, that you just throw elsewhere and it would be hilarious. <laughs> so that's it. That's gravity falls. Um, it gets three thumbs up. I'm guessing. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It gets uh, six fingers up six. There you go. Six. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was going to say uh, just a couple of weird little connections from gravity mm. falls. Cause, yes. cause I know I told, I mentioned this to you, Donald, but we haven't said this on the show. Oh yes. Um, a, a, there is a connection between grab. There's apparent supposedly a connection between gravity falls and owl house because there's a lot of owls in gravity falls. Well, and there's a, there's a th- ongoing theory out there mm-hmm. in, in internet land that Ida, the, the owl, witch, is grunkle stands X. So that's a, that's a big theory. Where did we ever see anything that would make it be her? I don't know. Cause I, I'm only halfway through the first season of owl house. Ida is Stan's ex-wife. But some people have put some really good uh, cases together for that. So the other weird little connection is uh, there's an, there's an episode of Gravity Falls where there's first opening the portal. And I think it's like Grunkle stands or a coffee cup gets thrown into the portal. Mm-hmm. Well, there's an episode of Rick and Mort. There's an episode of Rick and Morty <laughs> where Rick is opening up like a dozen or so portals. And for a second, that same coffee cup comes flying out of one of the portals he opens up. Nice. <laughs> I love it. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's all, it's all together now. It's canon. Yep. I'll buy that. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, so go check out all these fine things and by fine things, I guess I mean, well, heading backwards, we're going to do gravity falls, owl house, only murders in the building oh. and lady mechanica. Indeed. Right. Yep. All right. Well, I'm Donald. I'm Eric. And I'm John. And you've been listening to the Inverse Genius Fortnightly, where we talk about the stuff we like. Yay. Let us know what you like. Head over to the Facebook group and tell us all about that. Go over to the inversegenius.com and check out our other shows, you know, and uh, generally let us know what makes you excited in a geeky sort of way. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. That's it for this episode of the Inverse Genius Podcast. The Inverse Genius Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 license. Thank you.